Okay, it's another Sunday, and you know what that means? It's another Story Sunday. Time for some more stories. Once again, we're doing a collective of stories. All these stories have two things in common. Thing number one, they are all true, although elements of which may be exaggerated for purposes of good storytelling. Thing number two is that they all have real-life plot twists. Ooh. Real-life plot twists. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Four stories. What is different, however? Yeah. Is there ain't no video today? No, there is no video because um, the rain has has caused a sinkhole in our living room and ruined our camera equipment because our roof has came off. Wow, um, it hasn't. Plot twist, it hasn't. <laughs> we just thought we'd try something new. Yeah, we're actually undercover. So you know what I'll do after we finish? I'll take a selfie and I'll stick that on the... Um... So if you're on the YouTube, this is our studio for today. Boom. Let us know if you're a keen listener. Yeah, I'm looking at you, the the commenters of, of previous episodes. Does this sound better? Does this sound worse? Do you prefer the video? Do you prefer the audio only? Yeah, I'd I, love to know. I hope it sounds better because let me tell you, it is sweltering. <laughs> it's sheets and my neck hurts. Warm. My neck and hurts my, trying to keep the quilt up. My hair is not doing wonders under this sheet. No, no, no. No, it's not. Okay, jumping right in. My first story is actually both my stories are court related. Yours oh. are not, am I correct? You're correct. Yeah, mine are court-related. Number one, it's kind of, you know, light-hearted, get the ball rolling. Get the ball rolling. It's about a judge who lost his mind. So light-hearted. But in a light-hearted way. Okay. Judge Robert M. Rastino was overseeing hearings in a domestic violence programme where defendants are judged as to whether they should be put in jail or given probation with a rehabilitation programme. Basically, you know, it's when they're all in there. It's not just one person, one in the court. It's like they all line up and they have to come one after another. And he's like, jail or probation. Mm -hmm. It's one of those cases. Being shot on prison space, the latter option is almost always chosen. Usually. Everyone goes on probation. But one day with a courtroom full of convicted domestic abusers, somebody's mobile telephone went off, a cell phone. The judge proceeded to go crazy, lost his mind, shouting, demanding, saying things like, bring me that phone, bring it now, or everybody could take a week in jail. And please don't tell me I'm the only one that heard it. He was going mad. He really wanted that phone. It's like in school when, you know, like somebody's chewing. And they're like, who's chewing? Who's eating? It's pretty much like that. Anyway, he was saying, everyone is going to go to jail. Every single person is going to jail in this courtroom unless I get that instrument now. I don't know why I said instrument when it was a phone. Maybe he thought it was sounded like a... Maybe the ringtone was like a saxophone. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, no one came forward. The proceedings continued, and as each man, so I guess it was a room full of men, as they all took the stand and answered questions about the progress of their treatment, the judge also asked them about the cell phone. No one would confess. The judge ruled against them each time, one after another, defendant after defendant, sending them all to jail. He was saying, ultimately, when you go back there to be booked, you'll have to surrender what you've got on you. One day or another, I'm going to get that cell phone. And yes, you're not allowed a cell phone in jail. 
but by sending everyone to jail, he was sure to get the offending phone. Three defendants told the judge that their jobs would be at risk if they were incarcerated. One defendant said he was supposed to be in school. Another said that he had a doctor's appointment later that might be resulting in surgery. And another claimed that his mother was actually having surgery. One defendant with previously exemplary behaviour in the programme begged the judge to postpone his jailing until the following week so he could make a scheduled meeting with his little girl, his daughter. Every single one of these people, a total of 46 all in all, was handcuffed and taken to jail. And the guilty party was never discovered. I thought the plot twist was going to be that it was like actually his phone or something. Oh, that would be a plot twist. Should I well, say that just for fun? They never found the phone, so no. it could only be his or someone else in the courtroom no. that wasn't a defendant. Mm. Plot twist: It was the woman who does the typing up, <laughs> or man who does typing up. Yeah. Talking about people slightly going a bit mad. I have a story for you. It's a story of Jennifer Pan. Jennifer Pan. Pots and pans. A Vietnamese couple had what could only be described as a real-life representation of a successful family. They had two kids, Jennifer and Felix, and worked in the auto parts manufacturing business. They had expensive cars, a great house, and their kids made great grades. Mm, fantastic. Wow. You go. On November the 8th, 2010, the family, excluding Felix, now Felix is the son um, who was not at home at the time, were robbed at gunpoint by David and Leonard. The father was shot once in the shoulder and once in the face. The mother, called Bish, was shot three times in the head and pronounced dead at the scene. Han, the father, miraculously survived with a broken bone over his eye, bullet fragments in his face, and a shattered neck bone after being in a coma for three days. Oh, yikes. Yikes indeed. The daughter, Jennifer was not her at all, actually. But she had been tied to a banister and was the one who called the police. Okay. So Jennifer was interviewed by the police all about the incident while her father was in the hospital. Understandably, the police wanted to know who did this. Mm. Murder. Attempted murder. She described how she could hear the robbers asking her parents for money and then hearing her mum crying. She was trying to get her phone out of her waistband when she then heard gunshots. Yikes. Imagine you'd be terrified, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, I would. I definitely would be. On November the 12th, so just a few days after, or three days, the father woke up from his coma and remarkably remembered the whole event. And he told the police a very interesting fact. He told them that before the robbery had taken place, he could hear his daughter, Jennifer, talking to one of the robbers like a friend. Jennifer had, in fact, hired her friends with her boyfriend's help for $2,500 to kill her parents. For what? For why? For who? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Due to her protective parents, she felt burdened by the pressure they put on her. Her grades had dropped from straight A's to mostly B's with one F. (gasps) I know. But Jennifer continuously reprinted her report cards throughout high school to give her parents every year until she graduated. Clever. She forged them. Mm. However, because of the grades, she didn't get into her dream college. So she only pretended to be accepted and went to school. I'm doing quotations. quotations, Went to school Ah. every day. When in reality, she went to the library or to her boyfriend, who's called Daniel. 
And Daniel, the boyfriend, had helped her repeatedly keep the lies together. Sneaky little snake. I know. Eventually, as we now know, her lies fell apart and she came up with a crazy solution. What if she killed her parents? Then she wouldn't have to deal with the problems they were causing her. So Daniel and Jennifer began to plan it all out and all those involved were arrested in 2011. Wow. So she killed her own mother Mother. with intention. To kill her own father. And here's a fun fact. The dad is called Han. Yeah. And her boyfriend is called Daniel. Right. I'm called Han. Yeah. And my brother's called (gasps) Daniel. Oh, yeah. Plot twist. It's the story of your life. Well, no, my mum and dad are still alive and well. Oh, well. And I never lied about my grades. They were always just pretty average. Pretty average. Yeah. That's a wonderful plot twist, actually. It really blows my cell phone in a court out the um, out the waters. No, don't no. be so hard on yourself. And now I don't feel good about my second court story, because that's just as, I bet it's, it's, you know, a good plot twist. Who am I kidding? Let's get into this. Story number three, or from me, number two. This story takes place in another court. Between one, Mr. Todd Remus. I'll put a picture of him on screen. Who was suing the 65-year-old photography studio, H&H Photographers. He was claiming that the photographers had missed the final 15 minutes of the wedding. That included the last dance and the bouquet toss. Lazy photographers. What is striking, said the studio throughout the court proceedings, is that Mr. Remus, his wedding took place in 2003, and he waited six years to sue. So we're now in, like, 2009. So they're like, what? Fair enough. This happens, but this is... um, Why is it taking you so long? Why is it taking you so long? Crazy. But that's not the twist. What? No, no, no. I'm just warming you up. I'm just lubricating the story a little bit. So what he was demanding, Mr. Remus, demanded to be repaid the full... $1,100 $1,100 cost of photographer. Wedding photographer is a bit expensive. Mm. Yeah, and they didn't even get there. No wonder he was suing. That's expensive though, right? Is that average? It's 2003. Average. It's probably even higher now. It's probably about average. He also wanted $48,000 to recreate the entire wedding and fly all of the people that went to the wedding to New York so the celebration can be reshot by another photographer. So he wanted the firm to pay for a whole new wedding and just reshoot the entire thing so they could get that last 15 minutes. Blimey. Crazy, right? Very. The twist. The twist. Recreating the wedding may pose a particular challenge, is what the studio pointed out, because... And here we go. Big twist. It's a coming. The couple was divorced. Oh. And the bride is believed to have moved back to her native country of Latvia. Oh, wow. So she had no interest in going back to... Get remarried to a man she divorced. Yeah, so the, the question that is posed is, why the hell, six years later, did this man want to reshoot the wedding? Like, fair enough if he was suing, he's like, you know what, I've been divorced, but I paid a hefty 
$4,100. Did we not find out? No, no, no. Did we oh. not find out why his, what his true intentions were? Yeah. Probably kept them to himself. But I'm thinking in his head, he was like, now we're divorced. I want that blooming money I back. I reckon he was uh, remarrying. Oh, what? And he was just going to bring someone else? Yeah. And get them to pay for it? Yeah. Mm, that is clever. That yeah. is very clever. Talking about um, bizarre partners. Oh, yeah. Mm, Braculia. Not all the time, just maybe... Every now and then in our life, we'll have a bizarre partner. Right. Yeah. You'll look back and be like, wow, that person was bizarre. It happens. <laughs> that links into my next story, which is story number four. Which is Which is the story of Carolyn Watson and the satanic cult. Oh, wow. Once again, my story's lighthearted, a little bit of a ha ha ha. So sorry. About Your story's cult murder. Well, do you know what? I'm a sick and twisted individual. Well, there you go. Plot twist. It was That's me. That's the truth. <laughs> so, Carolyn, who was 17, and her boyfriend, Julian, who was 22, were kidnapped and brought six hours away to Australia's Alpine National Park in 2008 by a satanic cult. Well, good day, mate. Good day indeed. Not for them. The couple were celibate for both legal and religious purposes. And Julian was ready to, depo- to propose to Carolyn for a second time. Ooh. Don't know what happened the first time. Yeah. I imagine it was incredibly awkward. Um, Guess it wasn't God's plan. But they stayed together, so Fair that's enough. good. However, that, Also, that's not the twist. <laughs> However, they ended up in the back of a van only to be thrown out six hours later. Both had their clothes cut off with a knife and were then left outside together in a grassy field with their hands Hide. Julian, the clever clogs, managed to get up and walk over to Carolyn and untie her hands, allowing them to get up and wander around the field. That makes it sound like they were having a nice time. I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> I'm sure they... So, it allowed them to wander around the field. Did they get to keep their clothes or they just been cut off? You said they got cut off. They got cut off with a knife. So right, I, I, so not a no, nice wonder. Just a naked wander around the fields. I'm but it's sure. Australia, right? So could be all right. Yeah, I imagine there's some snakes and stuff. But anyway, we digress. Mm. They managed to find a bag stuffed with a sleeping bag, a toothbrush, a coconut, a (laughs) knife and a shovel, (laughs) along with a jar of peanut butter. I'm assuming they found this in the field. Okay. (laughs) One would assume it wasn't just on his... On his back. (laughs) They left him with that. So the couple at this point, who were obviously fearing for their lives that these kidnappers were going to come back Mm. and just see him wandering around the field naked with... A coconut. A coconut, (laughs) a nice peanut butter. You know, they did what they thought was the only thing they could do. And they dove into a freezing river. Oh, I thought all the rivers in Australia were warm. No. Plot twist. That's not it. Oh. They cautiously moved around barefoot and naked for a week around the field to avoid being found one week one entire thank gosh they had the coconut and peanut butter oh my gosh yeah the nights were freezing and they Mm. huddled together to stay warm while it rained outside taking shelter in the sleeping bag i would i would argue that they're still outside a sleeping bag does not mean you're inside (laughs) supposed to be zip it up but you know it was raining so they took shelter in the sleeping bag that julian had found in the bag One night, he suggested that they got married under the eyes of God Mm. before they died. Beautiful. Ending their celibacy. However, Carolyn, the good girl that she is, refused the advance as she was determined to survive and was taken aback by Julian's suggestion. 
Eventually, the couple found another bag containing their cut-up clothes. Oh, wow. They made it to a road where they were picked up by a farmer who took them back to his house and went straight to the police with them to file a report. Now, plot twist time. What time is it? It's plot twist time. What time is it? It's plot twist time. What time is it? It's plot twist time. Plot twist. What's the plot twist? Wow. (laughs) Thank you. However, instead of finding this coat, the police eventually arrested Julian. Oh. Why, you may ask? Why? I'm going to give you a few seconds to try and figure it out. Okay. All right. Right. Coconut. Agricultural laws are very strong. Seconds are over. (laughs) After being impressed by the police, it wasn't long before Julian actually confessed to staging the whole thing. His initial explanation of the event was described as amateurish in the extreme, in particular the failure to devise any plausible motive. For anyone to kidnap the couple, this ultimately led to the unravelling of his ridiculous story. Julian had wanted to pressure his girlfriend into marrying him and therefore having sex with him. Oh, I see. As he was impatient that she said she had wanted to wait until she finished high school first. So he decided to kidnap her instead of talking to her about it. Of course. Of course. Classic man. Classic. Classic. Classic move. Well, in the end, Julian was tried and found guilty in 2009 of kidnapping and torturing the victim for six days, earning him almost eight years of prison time. Oh, that's quite a long time. One of the most ironic things about all of this is that Carolyn said that she would actually have married him after she graduated, so he only had to wait like a year. Oh, but when needs must, when needs must. So he packed the coconut. Yes, and the jar of peanut butter. Why coconut? Don't know. Do you think he was a big fan? Well, no, because then she would have been like, this seems to be your diet. You've packed coconuts and peanut butter. Again. So maybe he's just put things like, she would never assume it was me if there was a coconut in there. Maybe. I've never had a coconut. But, yeah. Wow. Guys, if you ever need or would like a girl to do something for you, it could be sex, it could be anything, don't come up with some outlandish plan, just speak to her. Mm. Or? There's no or. You just speak. (laughs) Just talk about it openly. Devise an amateurish plan where you pay people to kidnap you. Hide a sleeping bag, perhaps a coconut, <laughs> maybe even a jar of peanut butter. But you need a knife, otherwise you'll be able to get in that peanut butter. Oh, I see what and he the was knife doing. The of the coconut, sweet. He was warming them up, warming her up. So they had like one week of having to eat peanut butter with the fingers. Oh. It was laying the seed. Put, right, that's gross. In. And on that note, guys, that's oh, the end of this story. Right, and that's the end of this week's episode. Tell me, Hannah, what was your favourite plot twist? Um, mine was your last one. I didn't see it coming. Mine was my first one because I believe I've read the second one in the news. Oh, wow. So, so none of mine. Um, no, yours were good. Oh, my favourite story because it's left me wanting to know more, more, more. More. Please. Mm is the um, wedding refund. Mm, stop hounding me. I will not tell you anymore. This is a different story for Was a different day. Well, yeah, that is a story for another day. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's know how that sound quality is. Now it's uh, now we're in a high-tech studio. Is any better? Or if we're just cramping our necks for no reason? 
boy, oh boy, it's warm under here. <laughs> Goodbye, plotters. Bye, keep, keep plotting. plotting. Oh, that sounds like a bit satanic. Keep plotting. Plotters. Mm.